0: Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. The OG3 is here. Emily, Brad, and myself. Brad's all the way in Chicago. Emily's at home in Rochester. I'm here in the Twin Cities, still getting together to bring you the Moose Room. There's a big, important update that we need to get. Brad... his whole family in a car and drove all the way to Florida. How did that go, Bradley?
1: Actually, it it went quite well. Uh, On the way there, it wasn't a big problem. On the way back, I think we were all tired and we all kind of- Sick of each other? Yeah, we all kind of lost it one night trying to find a place to eat, and we just ended up eating at McDonald's. That's how bad it was. Fun, fun times though. Family
2: bonding, yes. Bless, bless your heart, Bradley. That's all I can say.
0: That's a long drive. Yeah, it's a Um, long drive, but much cheaper. Yes, yes, that's the, that's the whole reason behind it. Well, today we thought we'd cover something pretty timely. Everyone's dealing with the mud. Everyone's dealing with the rain and the snow and all that kind of thing. Right now, we talked about mud already a couple of weeks ago. But we got to figure out, okay, that the thing I see every year is everyone is just itching to get to grass. They want their cows on grass and I want everyone's cows on grass if, all year round if I could if I could help it. But Brad, kind of describe that feeling for us because I don't have cows. You have cows. What's that feeling like? What's that impatience like?
1: It is very impatient right now. That is the problem. We We just want to get our cows to grass. You know, we're sick of the mud. We're sick of feeding tmr the whole year uh, you can i think the cows can just sniff it too you know they walk down the cow lanes to the parlor now and it's like they have to stop and nibble along the fence line so everybody's getting the sense that spring is coming and cows just want to be outside and roam and not be confined anymore so i think it's it's time but i think we got to wait a few more weeks
0: what's the problem if we kick them out too early brad because i feel like that happens a lot but what's the problem with it? it
1: it does the the problem is is that you let your cows out too early and they're going to chew down the grass it doesn't give the time for the grass to grow and that affects growth for the whole year you know you have to look at if you think about pasture dairy you have to think about grass growth the entire year and not necessarily one time or early in the spring you know you so Really, the first grazing sets the tone for grass growth for the whole year and can affect it. You know, if we have a grazing that goes into October, it can really set growth the whole year. So you have to be thinking about it uh, early enough and especially right now.
0: Well, and that's the same thing on the beef side when we talk about it. I mean, if you kick cows out early, especially if you have just one big pasture, they're going to wreck portions of it just yeah. because they they're going to, and they're going to spend certain, a certain amount of time on certain pieces of it, they're going to chew it down and, and hinder that growth for the whole year. And like Brad said, setting the tone is key. So, so Brad, how, how do you make that decision? How do you know it's time? How do you know it's the guy walk out in that pasture? And I guess today looking at it, measuring it, what do you do to say, all right, it's time cows can go out.
1: I guess one thing is that we know when sort of our average date to first grasses in Morris. It's about May 12th. That's based on our last 15 years of when we turn the cows to grass. So we kind of have an idea of when we would like the cows to, to go to pasture. So that's today as we do this, we're about three weeks away, maybe a month away yet. But then we can go out and start looking at the grass and trying to decide what pastures we go to first. We kind of have an idea of what pastures grow the, the fastest, which are drained well, so we're not sort of mucking up the pastures as well. So we can kind of tell where we should be going first based on grass growth. And but we have to be watching them. You know, we have we got to go out there once a week and and watch uh, the growth of the pastures and actually kind of get an idea of where we want to go. I'll tell you, I, I've been inching it down as the years have gone by. You know, I used to turn cows out on grass when it was 12 inches. And now it's, it's getting closer to six to eight, just to start cows grazing and maybe go, we maybe go through pastures a little bit faster in the spring, just to kind of get their feet wet and get the cows in the room and adjusted to grass. So I maybe cheat a little bit now.
2: Your impatience is really on display there, Bradley.
1: It it is, it is. And, and, And that's the hard part, you know, trying to figure that out where, where to go to grab.
0: You can get away with it though, Bradley, because you rotate and you rotate so intensively, right? You can, you can get down to six to eight inches when you turn them out because you're going to get them off that too. If you weren't going to rotate very often, that, that, that wouldn't be part of your options. Right.
1: Right. And you know, it's, it's really, it's called flash grazing. So we can make a big area, let the cows out. Maybe they're on it for 12 hours, 24 hours. You know, we're talking 80 cows on six acres and just run them through it for the day. And then they got to come off um, just to, to kind of get things going and, and start the rotation. Because the problem we have, I have had it many times, and I see it on other, other farms, is they wait too long. And then all of a sudden, June 1st comes and they got eight pastures ready to go. And it's like, oh, well, now what do we do? Because we don't have enough cows. We got too much grass. And, you know, do we bale it or do some other things with it? And then, and then your grass goes to, to seed, and, which causes lots of other issues. So I've had lots of farmers tell me it's an art and it's, it's not a science. And sometimes I believe that.
2: A little bit of both. Column a, right. column right. B. One thing I want to go back to, Brad, that you said right away uh, was, you know, one of the first things you do and, you know, you go back and you look at the data you have and, and what you did in years previous. And obviously you are a research facility, so really good record keeping is super important, but, you know, on this show, we really press record keeping and good record keeping. And that does not just apply to things on the cattle side. That also applies to pasture and other things that you're doing so that you have that good frame of reference. So any anything else you want to add, Bradley, about the record keeping aspect for your pastures?
1: It's, it's essential to know what pastures you start with. And you can kind of get an idea of what the grass growth is a year. You know, I'm Becoming more into measuring the grass just to seeing where it is. Uh, but I think knowing where you start with your cows every year and what the grass growth is like and keeping track of it will help you make those decisions so much easier the next year. Uh, because otherwise you're kind of haphazardly doing it, which is what I did when got thrown into the grazing world. It was like, oh, well, I don't know. And then records have helped all of us decide what to do from one year to next or it's it's a lot easier, I'll tell you that.
0: So Brad, do you do you keep everyone in the same rotation from year to year mostly or do you switch it up and they and they go to a, in a different direction or a different order of pastures every year?
1: We're kind of keeping it in the same rotation from year to years now because we kind of know based on grass growth and and where we go sometimes it it also gives an idea of what pastures we may need to reseed every year if if we're in in that rotation so then you know kind of that screws the rotation up a little bit but it helps kind of get an idea of what's going on and we try to keep it the same you know most of the pastures kind of turn out the same way but we're doing a little things differently with some pastures now where we're trying to graze winter rye and you know this week in minnesota there was snow where we were at you know we had an inch and a half of snow and more on our pasture, so you know, I've been grazing on April seventeenth before, and you know now we're not even we're we're a month away. So, uh, we're we're trying to stretch the grazing season earlier by looking at different species and and kind of redoing pastures.
0: So, I had one question before we get kind of wrapped up here, and this is someone I was talking to earlier uh, today, actually they got too muddy where they were calving and they just, they just had to pick something to sacrifice. So they had a really old stand of alfalfa knew they were going to have to redo everything there anyway. So they kicked cows out onto about half of it and just destroyed it, but they needed someplace to go with the cows to get their calves healthy and everything. That's fine. It's a beef farm. So when someone has to do that, they have to, they have to make that sacrifice area. What, what's your big suggestion, Brad, to, I mean, is that area just dead for the year or what would you do with an area like that, that we've kicked cows out on that kind of mucked it up, made it muddy. Nothing's going to grow. That was there. What would you do with an area like that for the rest of the year? So it's not just useless.
1: Yeah, well, that's a, a good suggestion. We're sort of dealing with that now and have done some of that in the past, I guess, two suggestions. One, we've gone to a warm season grass, pearl millet, you know, I've used sorghum stand grass that you can plant once and then kind of get those pastures back into the rotation. Or you could set it up for a fall grazing, maybe plant some oats. You know, you can plant oats kind of any time, really, to just kind of jumpstart the grazing and then maybe go back into permanent pasture. It sort of happened to us this year. So much mud. We, we've got to move cows out. We've abandoned some places. So we moved some cows and we put some heifers out on a, on a pasture that we had about eight acres we got 90 heifers out there right now because we didn't have anywhere else to go with them but i kind of selected that pasture that i knew i wanted to redo and and reintroduce it had maybe a few more thistles that i wanted to and the grass was kind of getting down in production so it's like well we'll put heifers out there It you know gets lots of urine manure out there which can help in grass growth so i'll go out there uh you know and three weeks four weeks and kind of reseed it no-till grasses and legumes back into that pasture and it'll rejuvenate itself so I think there's two different ways to do it and some people are afraid to rejuvenate pastures but I think it it really helps and it'll help in grass growth in many years to come And, and we've been doing redoing pastures and we've seen a lot of benefits to that you know we can be proud that we have pastures that are twenty-five years old and we haven't done anything to. But I think helping to intercede and rejuvenate them it provides lots of grass growth into the future.
0: I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna start using that term instead. It's not a sacrificial pasture. It's just a chance to rejuvenate that pasture. That's right. By putting right. cows on it. All right. That's right. Here's
1: my sensor talk. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll use some sensors maybe we can discuss this another podcast episode but we've been using satellite images to track grass growth and we started it last year we're gonna do it this year so there's lots of satellites flying over us all the time it goes over our, our research station once a week so we can take a picture and we're actually able to measure by reflectance how much grass is in the pasture so we've been Starting to measure it now already for the last two weeks. So we know what level of grass out there. So we're at mid-April and there's about 500 pounds of dry matter per acre on our pastures right now, which is not enough to sustain cattle or anything, but we're able to start measuring all of our pastures and kind of look at grass growth throughout the season. So that's the new upcoming way to, to measure pasture is satellite images and and satellite, we call it satellite grazing. So we're kind of at the forefront of trying to figure that out and and see where we go with trying to measure forage disappearance and forage in pastures. And we can do it at our computer and not have to, I shouldn't say we shouldn't have to go out in the pastures. We still have to do that, but we're able to kind of get an idea of, of what that is uh, from a satellite image perspective.
0: What are you using as the gold standard for that Brad? What is the the measurement that you use to to calibrate the satellite or to make sure that it's uh,
1: right? Well, in in years uh, previously we measured the um, you used a plate meter, rising plate meter to do it, but uh, this year we're going to go out and use a rising plate meter and then we're going to clip it by hand and see how how accurate that is. So we'll we'll go out and get one one measurement for the pasture and and see if it how well it's doing. You know, last year we, it's actually pretty accurate. It's not perfect, but we've been able to go out and measure that. And some pastures, not so good, some pastures, good. So it kind of all depends. And there's a lot of other things that go into it. You have a nice square pasture and a nice square field, it, it does quite well. But trees and lots of other things cause issues with satellite images. It's kind of a fun little project that we've been working on.
0: Awesome. That sounds like a, a great way to, for people to save time. Uh, if we can get it, get it working well. So I'm, I'm all about it. I agree. agree. Grazing
2: management for the 21st century. That's
0: right. That's right. That's what it is. All right. Well, I think we've given everyone a bunch to think about. Be patient, wait to put your cows out there. It's really important. Em, wrap us up.
2: If you have any questions, comments, or skating rebuttals about today's episode, email us at themoosroom at umn.edu.
1: That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu.
2: You are right on, Brad. That is the
1: second time I got it right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If you would like or if you have a question you'd like us to answer on a future episode of The Moosroom, you can call and leave us a voicemail. The number for that is 612-624-3610. You can follow us on Twitter at UMN Moose Room and at UMN Farm Safety. I kind of thought I was going to say something else, but nothing else was coming. So I was just just like, all right, I'm done. It's
0: time to be done. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs)